Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Hockey Journey Podcast. Episode number 114, The Chris McAlpine Hockey Journey, Part 1. Presented to you by OnlineHockeyTraining.com. I'm your host, Coach Lance Pitlick. If you're new here, please make sure you subscribe so you won't miss out on any future episodes. Before we pack our suitcases and take a trip with a former NHLer from the beginning to end and begin this conversation, if you want to learn more about me, my hockey experiences, what I know, and most importantly, how I've been helping hockey players get really good with a stick and puck, just head on over to OnlineHockeyTraining.com, that's OnlineHockeyTraining.com, and gain instant access to my 10-part video series where I'll show you everything. Consider it my gift to you. Lastly, if you live in Minnesota or are visiting the state of hockey sometime soon and you want to schedule an in-person off-ice stick skills lesson, I'd love to have the opportunity to show you my little world. Go to SweetHockeyCoach.com, that's SweetHockeyCoach.com, and watch the video on the homepage for instructions. Thanks, and I look forward to working with you sometime soon. Our guest today is none other than Chris McAlpine, a Minnesota native whose love for the game was born on the frosty ponds and rinks of the state of hockey. From the earliest days of lacing up his skates to the pinnacle of playing in the National Hockey League, Chris's story is a testament to the perseverance and unwavering commitment that defines the heart and soul of hockey players. We're going to take a deep dive and learn about how he earned a Division I scholarship at the University of Minnesota, got drafted 137th overall by the New Jersey Devils in 1990, played 289 NHL games over the span of 10 years, playing in three different leagues and for 12 different teams along the way. Oh, and he won a Stanley Cup in 1995. Today, he's a hockey advisor and player agent with the Octagon Agency with another former Minnesota Golden Gopher, Ben Hankinson. Judging from that, we have a lot to talk about and we should get started. So ladies and gentlemen, please help me in welcoming Chris McAlpine to the show. Mac, welcome to the Hockey Journey Podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Peter. This is awesome. Awesome. as You better believe it is. To have you here, man. It's been some time uh, since we connected. Uh, yeah, it's been a long while. Back, uh, seen you, you know, over the years here and there. But uh, I go back to all the times when when we were both still playing and going to uh, Acceleration North on the treadmill. Oh, we're gonna talk about that a little later. But <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of felt, you know, a little throw up come up in the back of my throat thinking about that. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, um, well, thanks for being here and taking the time. I'm really looking forward to uh, connecting. I mean, yes, we, we've had our, our passings and uh, working out together, but I really, uh, if I did know your story, uh, there was too many beers in between because I don't remember it now, so I'm looking forward to hearing it again, as well as all of our listeners are as well. So if you don't mind, what I like to do with guests uh, that come on the shore, especially if they're uh, former players, is uh, for a few minutes, let's rewind the tape, go back to the beginning. Where'd you grow up? What was your childhood like? Your parents, brothers, sisters, friends, your introduction to hockey and other sports. Basically, tell the listeners, give us a glimpse, a tiny peek 
of what it was like growing up Chris McAlpine. <laughs> All right. Well, I had a great childhood that will start from there. But uh, I grew up in Roseville, Minnesota, uh, and it was uh, awesome. I had three older brothers, uh, and it was just my mom. And like I said, three older brothers. My dad, we, uh, my parents were divorced when I was uh, like two months old. So it wasn't, uh, it was normal growing up the way I did. We see our dad on the weekends and that was about it. But uh, the best part of growing up uh, in Roseville, we lived about a block from the Roseville Ice Arena. So my brothers and I and my friends, that's where we grew up. We grew up uh, outside on the rinks out there and, and in the park there and, you know, playing football, baseball doing it all so it was uh yeah we had a blast i mean it was it was a great childhood um doing that and what was the age difference of your brothers so my oldest brother jim was uh eight years older than me i am gonna be 52 in in uh what december here that's how old i'm getting yeah so we're about two years split uh between everybody um my brother jim doug and chad and they, the greatest, my oldest brother, Jim, uh, who's no longer with us, but he uh, was really into sports. He loved baseball, um, hockey. He was really good at baseball. He did gymnastics, believe it or not, all that stuff. So I was really the, everyone played hockey to a degree, but no one, I hate to say it, was very good at it. Uh, <laughs> and nor was I when I was younger. <laughs> but but we were a big sports family. We liked playing sports and obviously having, you know, back then and, and even now growing up with siblings, particularly brothers, you know how it is. Everyone's fighting for the last chicken bone in the house. And um, so it, it, it was it was awesome. Uh, my brothers were good to me and it, it was fun. But you had to fight for everything in there. Um, but, yeah, growing up there and then uh, uh, eventually would uh, went on to Roseville High School. And playing, you know, as far as my athletic background, it was, you know, it was normal. It was uh, everyone played baseball in the summer. You played football in the fall. You know, some guys played soccer, whatever it was. Um, but I was a, a baseball, football, and hockey guy. And it, it, was, uh, it was awesome. Uh, obviously, obviously, a lot has changed since then, you know, growing up in uh, the 80s. But, um, yeah, it was a great time. And so I went to Roseville High School. And hold on a second. Was, hold on. Yeah. So if you had to rank all the sports that you were playing going into high school, what would you say was your number one? Uh, baseball by far. Really? Yes. I was a much better baseball player than I was at that time a hockey player. And, and, and I really, but my favorite sport, believe it or not, was football. And I loved football. I loved it in the fall. I mean, it was just, it was great playing youth league football and everything. And then going in um, my freshman year, you know, football obviously starts before all the other sports and playing on the freshman team. I just, I loved it. I loved playing football. I loved just sports in general, but uh, playing those three was just awesome. So when you were a youth and stuff, I mean, I, I'm a little older than you, but there, there wasn't the, the specialization coaches uh, around the Twin Cities like there are today. Um, did you, was your, you know, sports uh, skill acquisition, was it just the teams that you played on and what you got there? Or 
did you get extra instructions, summer camps, uh, stuff like that that you participated in? No, uh, there was none of that. I mean, there, I'm sure there were. I remember kids would show up, like particularly for hockey, they'd, I think it was Ken Yackel's hockey camp. Yes. I didn't even know what that was. Yes. <laughs> and um, so I think there was not nearly to the degree it was, you know, it is now. And um, but no, I I never, I never even asked or even had interest in doing them. Now I probably, if I would have known more about them, maybe I would have. But it was, uh, you know, I re- guys our age they say it like when you. Once the baseball season was over, you, you grabbed your football spikes and you got ready to play football. And once football was over, you grabbed your hockey bag out of the closet and you started getting ready for hockey uh, and, and start playing there. And then once hockey was over, you threw that bag away until it was, you know, winter yeah. again. So and it was it was actually looking back, it was really nice. And I think it helped me more just playing all three sports and just you know, but we were outside as kids. Like even when it wasn't a sports season, we were playing wiffle ball, we we're playing baseball, we we're playing Tennis. you know tackle football in the field. You know, guys were getting, you know, getting concussions, running into you know poles. <laughs> it was it was great, but it was just part of it growing up. So I think that's really helped me. You, you kind of got better without knowing it. Yeah. Did you play any like street hockey? I think every day our garage was uh, my my mom. Uh, I feel bad looking back, probably older, a few garage doors and windows like everybody. You know, we were out uh, playing all the time. Yeah, you had to find something to occupy your time. And uh, most most days, uh, mom or dad made that decision for you. Like, get that heck out of here. Yeah. Uh, well, remember, remember the, the term, it was always, you're either in or you're out. <laughs> and, you know, and if I hear that door slam one more, you know, the screen door slam one more time, you know, then, you know, someone was going to get a, you know, a wood spoon or something. But it was, uh, we were outside all the time playing and, and, you know, street hockey. Yeah. All the time. We all thought we were the, you know, the old North stars and, you know, whatever, you know, frozen tennis balls or whatever we were playing with out there. And, and it was great. I mean, uh, we had a lot of kids. I was fortunate in my neighborhood. We had a lot of kids and everybody was outside and we, you know, I think that's one thing that I, I, I think these kids miss today. I don't even know if they know how to organize a, just a pickup game you know, from throwing in sticks. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's, it's a different time. And, you know, climate too. I mean, I tried to uh, maintain right. an outdoor rink here for for my kids. Uh, you know, you, development right. years and stuff like that. And you know, it, it's hard. And I'm glad I don't have to do it now because the weather is just so so volatile. Wow. So you go, right. you're going to high school. Hockey is not your favorite sport. It sounded like it was your uh, number three of three. So you're going to play yeah. football, and let's kind of go through your high school career and what, what happens there. So I, uh, my freshman year, uh, played football on the uh, – it was the freshman team, whatever, and it had a blast. And then uh, back then, I was – because of my age, I, I couldn't try out for the high school team. I wasn't old enough. So I played Bantams. Um, uh, for Roseville, you know, the, they had the old VFW, the 
phantom a thing or whatever sure, it was yeah 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 <laughs> i mean it was a blast so i was still playing youth hockey back then and as far as the hockey it, it was great and that was the first time uh it was my second year of bantams i don't know if i grew a little bit or i just uh you know just felt like i could do what i wanted out there you know like i kind of you know, my skills were not great, but at the same time, physically, I felt like, you know, I, I wasn't really afraid of anything out there, you know, that I could just do something. It was kind of, it kind of was a light bulb moment for me, if it, it, you know, um, at least that level. Like, I almost felt like, okay, I could be dominant at this level yeah. in my own mind. Yeah. You know, and so then, uh, you know, did that. And it was a fun year. And then you know, played on the freshman baseball team, you know, in high school. And then the following year, you know, I was fortunate enough, uh, made the varsity team for football. And and we were we were okay. We were I didn't play a ton, but we had a running back named uh, Rod Smith. Uh, and he was a senior. And it's the first time I ever even thought about colleges. Because he was being recruited, he was what the, they call what the, a blue chip recruit or a five star recruit. And every weekend he would leave and come back wearing something from Stanford, Notre Dame, USC. <laughs> I mean everything. Yeah. And it was pretty cool. And we had like people coming out to video our. Well, they weren't videoing us; they were videoing him. Right. But we all thought it. You know, we were in the shot or something like that. So he was just a, a really good football player, running back who ended up. Uh, eventually going to choose in Notre Dame and went and played and played under Lou Holtz and and won a couple of national titles uh, as a defensive back. So he was, didn't even play running back in college. But uh, anyway, so wow. yeah, so that was kind of my first insight into like what's like college because the good and bad thing for myself and I think probably my group of friends and like we never thought about that stuff. Uh, you know, as far as scholarships or going to school next level and, you know, all that stuff. We were just kind of happy in the moment with what we were doing. And that was the first time I ever saw like, oh, this guy's going to be big time. And at that time, you think college is basically pro. <laughs> right, right. You know? So that that's, yeah. uh, isn't that funny? Because all of a sudden, from that point on, did you, you thought that, okay, this, this might be something I wanted to start chasing. Right. And, and it was more the football side, you know, um, thinking, oh, okay, college, you know, this is possible potentially. And so then we, we ended up playing, uh, you know, finished out the year uh, football wise. And, and he ended up, uh, and there was a big to do, like they have, you know, they have for a long time. And I think they just had one, like for these high school kids who were committed to colleges, you know, they have the signing deal and, we basically had a parade at our high school for this guy. Wow. <laughs> he signed with, with Notre Dame. I mean, it was it was a big deal. Um, and so, you know, everyone's kind of, we don't know what's going on, but we know we like it, you know, at least athletes. So it kind of gave you, put it something in the back of your head, you know. So for me, it was definitely, I wanted to pursue football more than I wanted to pursue, you know, at that time, because it was football season, right? Right. And... And then uh, football ended that year, and we went on to hockey. We had, like, captain's practices and, you know, myself and a couple 
you know, other guys, we were low men on the totem pole and showed up at these captain's practices and they were a little different than they are now. Not real organized or anything. You give them your couple of bucks to play and, and, and it was good. And the older guys were, were good. And we had our tryouts um, and we had an old coach that uh, named Gordy Gens. He was from uh, Northern Minnesota. I mean, this guy was old school. He had been, he started in 1963 with Alexander Ramsey. And so we have our tryouts and they're not going great for me. And I'm kind of down. And then I, you know, I don't know, I tweaked something like pulled my groin or whatever it was. And I could barely walk, you know, back then we didn't really stretch much. (laughs) You just kind of showed up and play. I could barely walk and then skate and it was just, it, it was killing me. So I, I went to uh, coach Gens and he doesn't know who I am. And I just said, Hey coach, I think I really, uh, I don't pull my groin or hurt myself. I don't know. And he said, oh, okay, good luck to you. We'll see you next year. <laughs> and that's all he said. And he skated away from me. So I went home that night after just the, what I thought was a miserable trial, feeling terrible. And I just tell my mom, I said, Hey, I, I can't, I don't know what to do. I told him I can't really do this and that. And my mom, it was just, I still tell it today, obviously. Um, it's the best thing she ever said to me. She said, well, you need to decide how bad you want to play hockey. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, it was just, and she walked away too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I, it was, I remember those ACE bandages, you know, like the, Oh yeah, I grabbed sure. it. Yeah, so I don't know. We had some in the house. And I grabbed it, and all I did was, I, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I just started wrapping up my like groin area, like helped at zero. But I, in my mind, I thought it might. Help. <laughs> so I started wrapping that up, and somehow I powered through, and you know, I've made it through the last cut, and now I was playing varsity hockey at Roseville, which you know was. You know, we all loved playing high school hockey and making it as a sophomore was a big deal, um, certainly to me. And then everything kind of changed there. I, you know, I was not uh, one of our top players or even a good player. You know, I was fine. You know, I could kind of hold my own and physically and, and whatnot. And we lost out to go to the state tournament uh, up in Duluth. And after that, it was it, like went right on thinking about baseball. So it wasn't real afterthought, but then fast forward the next year, hockey wise, I had that feeling again, like, Hey, I think I can do what I want out here to a degree physically for sure. And my skills for whatever reason, were getting a little bit better. You know, my shot was better. Um, Maybe I saw the ice a little bit better, better for the high school level. And somehow my hands, I just felt a lot more confident. Yeah. And ended up having a, a, a good year. Um, and then it, it was, you know, but I continued to play football and, and baseball all the way through. And then through my senior year, this is the greatest. So our senior year, um, playing hockey, we played football. Actually, I got to tell this story. This is the greatest. So football, we were not real good. But we had a good running back, um, a classmate of mine, Chuck Rios, who was a big, big guy, big runner. And 
we ended up being the eighth seed. Everyone makes the playoffs. That's what's great about high school sports. And we end up playing Creighton Durham Hall is number one. Chris Winkie's the quarterback. Okay. And he's yeah. And he, I mean, and he was unbelievable. And I grew up playing against him because uh, he was a Johnson kid. And he played on all the Johnson baseball, all that, and then eventually went to Creighton for high school. And he was committed to Florida State. <laughs> and we ended up beating him 28 to like seven. Chuck ran wild, had a great game. No way. And I, don't know, I think we picked him off like six times. But so that was our little claim to fame for football. It was a, it was a, a big deal. And then we ended up losing to actually Johnson in uh, back then, like double overtime or whatever it was. But so it was a fun high school football season to end my senior year. And then going into hockey, um, it just I had that feeling again, like where, okay, you know, we had a good team. We had good players coming back and, and we just – got off to a great start. And me personally, it was great. Um, I had never talked to a college. I had never received a letter from a college. And not for football anything. either? Not for football? Because Football, I did. I, I take that back. I did receive from um, the University of Wyoming had actually come. Yeah, I'm, I'm fast forwarding too, too quick here. But yeah, the University of Wyoming, a coach came to my high school and had offered me a scholarship. Wow. I didn't know anything about Wyoming. And it, I think it was just off the cuff. The guy happened to, I don't know, someone had a relationship with him, maybe a coach or something, um, a football coach. And the guy happened to be in town and came over and, you know, wanted me to come play football at the University of Wyoming. And didn't know much about it. It wasn't. And I just, you know, part of me was like, yeah, why wouldn't I? And then, uh, my mom actually just said, well, why don't you wait? Is there a real deadline here? And I said, I don't know. And and funny, the guy called me like two more times. And then I just kind of, you know, said, hey, I'm not ready to do anything. And then they kind of just went away on its own. Wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it could have been different. It could have been, I think they were the Cowboys, the Wyoming Cowboys or something like that. I don't even I think they were, I'm pretty sure they were division one at the time, but I I don't know. Um, so, and then fast forward into the hockey, uh, you know, we have a real good uh, high school season and uh, we did, did not make it to the state tournament, lost out in the section final again. And, and I thought, Hey, you know what, this is it. I had no, didn't know what I was going to do after high school. I knew baseball season was coming up and all that. And then, uh, we had, do you remember the maroon and gold game? Uh, yes, I do. So it was like at the end of the year, and I think it was mainly just seniors. Um, yeah, because the ones that did, maybe didn't get, you know, they were on people's radar, but no one was committing to them. So they put them in one pot and get a bunch of scouts coming over. Was that it? Yeah, I think all the colleges, and, and there were kids committed to it, you know, uh, that played in it and it was just two games and we, the first game was in Grand Rapids and the second game and they, they did it by section. So whatever section you were in, um, you guys would play on this team. Guys from the other sections would play on this team. So I got put on like the Northern with all the Northern boys. So we're playing in Grand Rapids and then, which was 
I thought I did fine. And then we bust down, and the second game was at Roseville. And Roseville Ice Ram, my home rink. So played in the game, and this is where it got funny. I walk off the ice after we finished our second game of this maroon and gold, and I'm coming off the ice, and two guys asked me to come talk to them in this uh, separate locker room. And it was two guys from uh, the University of Minnesota, Duluth. And they just said, hey, thought you did well. Um, We'd like you to, you know, we'd like to offer you a full scholarship to play hockey. And I was like, and I've never, I've never had a phone call with them. I've never gotten a letter. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah. And, you know, they're like, well, you know, can we meet later or whatever? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm just, uh, I'm going to go home and, you know, go talk to my mom and, they're like, yeah, okay, and then we'll call you and let's meet somewhere. So I get done with the game. I get all my stuff off, having their conversation, and I walk out the back door of Roseville Ice Arena, and I'm walking across the field. And these guys are in their car, and they're watching me, and they pull up next to me, and they're like, where are you going? I said, I'm going home. They're like, well, where do you live? And I said, just, you know, up the street. And they're like, well, can we just – do you want to ride? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure. So I get home, and obviously we don't have cell phones or anything back then. I get home. My mom's laying on the couch reading a book, and I come in, and and uh, I have these two guys <laughs> following me in the house. <laughs> and she's like, uh, what's going on? And I introduce them, and they introduce themselves, and they're like, yeah, would you you know, want to go grab something to eat? And she's like, okay, like, she doesn't know if these guys are the cops or what. Right, right. You know? <laughs> and so it was really kind of awkward, but really funny. So my mom kind of, you know, my mom's pretty shy. <laughs> She's like, okay, hang on. So we drive over. We, we go to Byerly's was the big thing. It just opened. They had this little restaurant. So we went in there. And on the drive over, she's like, what is going on? What? Who are these people? Why are, what are we doing? And they said, I don't know. They just offered me a full scholarship to Duluth. She's like, what? <laughs> so we sat down, and they were great. Finish up with those guys, and, and it was a, a good conversation. Every, I mean, it was it was awesome. And I'm just excited. I'm like, you know, because I'm feeling really good about hockey right now, obviously. And then uh, uh, we get home, say goodbye, and Mike, uh, Mike Sertich called me. And said, hey, we'd like, uh, you know, did my guys offer you what I told them to? And I said, if it was a full ride, yeah. And he said, perfect. He goes, what do you think? And I said, I'm all in. So that was, uh, you know, it was an exciting time for about, I don't know, 20 minutes. And then Bill Butters called me. And and Bill said, hey, Chris, I'm Bill Butters, University of Minnesota, you know, uh, fencer coach. And obviously, I grew up watching the Gophers like every Metro kid. And, you know, that was kind of where I wanted to be. And he uh, he calls me and and he says, you know, we really like it. And I had I talked to him for like an hour, and which I felt bad about because then after I was like, well, hey, coach, I just got to tell you, I just uh, committed to Duluth. And he, he just got silent and he said, can I call you right back? 
And I said, sure. Well, Doug Woo called me. <laughs> and so I had the Wooger call me. Who's the head and, coach of the Gophers at the time. Yeah, the head coach of the Gophers. And and if anyone knows Wooger, Wooger was great, great guy. I mean, but he could talk. And he starts talking to me, I'll, you know, okay, you know, we watched you for all year. We really like you. You know, we, we never had money. Um, so we didn't want to approach you yet till you know, we're, we're, we're going to see what we can do. And, you know, and then I was like, um, okay. And they said, can we come and meet with you in the morning, you and your mother? And I'm like, well, yeah, my mom works, but she's, you know, she works at eight. They're like, we'll be there, you know, to seven o'clock work. So I was like, yeah. So Doug Woog and Bill Butters came to our house and uh, sat with my mom and I. And and my mom had known Wooger because my father was a South St. Paul guy. He grew up, he had actually played hockey with, with Wooger. He was a couple of years older, a few years older, and played football and hockey with uh, with Wooger. So there was some familiarity there. And, you know, he's talking and he's doing his spiel and, you know, all this stuff. And I can just see my mom just like, she's not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's asking questions, you know, like a, a normal parent would, right? And I'm like kicking her on the table, like, what are you doing? Don't screw this up. <laughs> and so basically they left and said, you know, we're, uh, you know, just get back to us, you know, later that day. And next thing you know, I'm, uh, what was I doing? Uh, we're, we're, I'm thinking about it. And I told my mom, I want to go to Minnesota. And she says, you got me, Peter? Yep. Yep. Um, she says, uh, no, you committed to Duluth. You gave him your word. And I said, I know, Mom, but I don't know what I'm doing. I said, I really want to go there. And, and, and Jack Jack Bladewick, you know, who's, you know, been around forever, part of the Olympic team. I didn't really know him. Um, he happened to drive up while I'm talking to my mother, and he put something in my our mailbox. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, what is this guy doing? He looked familiar and everything. And he obviously was a strength and conditioning and skating coach for uh, the University of Minnesota. And he put a letter in the mailbox. So I go out there and I'm reading it with my mom. And he's talking about everything I did in football. He wrote a letter just saying, hey, I watched you play football, you know, five different times. He's describing everything and all. And I'm like, and my mom says, are you sure they want you to play hockey? <laughs> <laughs> That's so goofy. And if you know Jack, who's just the greatest guy in the world, he, uh, you know, he, he just, he had watched me play football quite a bit. Uh, he liked watching all kinds of sports. So anyway, that kind of sold me as like, hey, I think these guys know who I am and what kind of player I am and, and whatnot. And the best part is I had to call Mike Sertich and tell him that I was no longer going <laughs> to, <laughs> committed to be a bulldog and he mnf'd me for 10 straight minutes on the phone and called me a you know a wuss he called me everything in the book and said just i'm a, a wussy minnesota kid who just wants to stay at home and play in front of his uh, grandparents <laughs> what, what 
Don't you wish you had a recording of that that you could just put oh. on TikTok right now? Yes. <laughs> and but you know what? Here's the thing. He was absolutely right. Yeah. Everything he said, yeah, I deserved everything. I mean, he ripped me. And and rightfully so. Because I had, you know, I didn't really think about what I was doing. And but I knew, you know, when I got the opportunity with Minnesota, and so I, I, I jumped on it. But here's what I would say is that because you said that you you never heard from anyone right. until after they just kind of popped out of the woodwork and said, hey, you want a scholarship? So do you think that it, it would have made a difference if they, you know, had some regular contact with you during the, the winter season and then offered you and then Minnesota came in? Would that have been a harder decision probably? Yeah, it would have been a harder decision. Yeah, for sure. Um but yeah, and I think recruiting obviously is probably a little bit different now. And, and you know, it's, uh, I think everyone kind of, particularly the younger kids, everyone can send out a letter and just make sure that you've touched base with them, right? So they know that there's some interest there. And, you know, and it's, you know, so I, I the, having uh, the internet and everything's a lot easier, right? You can send emails instead of just writing up a letter or, you know, phone calls, it's easier to send a text and all that kind of stuff. But can they, yeah, I would have been... still give you that envelope of money. Like when they're trying to get you, you know what <laughs> they can, I think they can give you a lot more now, though. <laughs> you know, that, yeah, they <laughs> can. $20 bill in your hand, you know, all right. We really want well, you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. I think they can do that now. I think it's even getting to the, uh, the millions for some of these football and basketball players. Wow. So, wow. which is good. So fast forward then. Yeah. Then I uh, finished my, uh, Oh, here's the best. So once I did committed and here's where it comes full circle with you, Peter. So I, you know, obviously they had all the recruits already. I was the last guy to commit to Minnesota. You guys, I think you're senior, correct me if I'm wrong, you were injured. Yeah. Um, or you had surgery or something. Yeah, yep, I was hurt. Yeah. So they said, hey, we really, and I hadn't even visited the campus, anything, and you guys were playing, I think, the University of Maine. And they said, why don't you come to the game, come down, we're going to put you up at the Radisson Hotel, which is now what the University Hotel or whatever it's called, um, down on campus, and come to a game and then, you know, uh, you'll go out with one of the players after and, you know, get a bite to eat. And I was like, yeah, sure. So go watch game. It was great. I go down the locker room after I'm just standing there. And I think uh, Bill Butters or Doug Woog handed you some cash. You grabbed your coat, introduced yourself and said, let's go. Let's <laughs> do <laughs> the game. And then we proceeded to, uh the ace bar oh man should we be talking yeah. about this should we be talking about this this is how i, I don't know the deal with i don't know how many players i know so you took me to the ace bar and here's the best part ace box bar. Goes, ace box ace box yes yeah. yes <laughs> a little dive bar uh on what, university there yeah st paulo st paul Center. yeah st paul yeah that's where i'm most comfortable um and the best is, uh, you asked me, what kind of beer do you like? And I mistakenly said anything. 
and you like that lager beer, like Lannan Kugels or something, <laughs> dark beer. <laughs> so after a couple of pictures of those, uh, yeah, then I really knew I made the right decision. <laughs> and, then, and the best part, you dropped me off at the hotel. You said, oh, I think you actually you did. You said you went in and bought me a case of beer. And said uh, and dropped me off at the hotel and said I'd take you to Station 19, but you probably can't get in. And I was like, "Yeah, that's fair enough." So I proceeded to call like three of my buddies from the hotel, and they all came down. <laughs> I had like six people come down because I had a case of beer in a hotel room, and so we all hung out there. And then I woke up. I got a call at like seven in the morning. I forgot I was supposed to meet those guys in uh, <laughs> downstairs for breakfast. The coaches? So I, yeah, the coaches. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just scrambling and, and brush my teeth, I hope. And anyway, got ready. My buddies are still sleeping in the room. <laughs> and I go down, have breakfast, and Wooger and Butts, and uh, I think it was Paul Otsby and Jack are there. And, um, uh, Bullet Bob, um, I forget that. <laughs> they were all there and just asked me, hey, how was the night? How was everything? So, you know, how was Lance? Lance was great. You know, the whole thing was great. And I'm just, I'm just dying right now. And they're just like, okay, good. All right. Well, we'll see you. We'll see you. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. So it was just uh, an exciting time for me at that time. So talk but about, you were a big part of that uh, recruiting. Well, I had already committed, but I, I knew I made the right decision when you brought me to the ace box. <laughs> oh, that was this. Uh, the times have changed, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yes. That was a long, long time ago. Uh, yes. So anyways, all right. So now you graduate from Roseville. Roseville. You're, you're starting your college career. Um did you did you get into the lineup right away, or did you have a few? Um, you know, did you have a little trouble getting in because, um, you know, every year around this time, you know, I got a bunch of players that I work with, and you know, you you go through tryouts and you know camp whatever, and all of a sudden, what you prepared for, what you've been counting on, uh, doesn't happen, and you know they're you were one of the last one to be committed to Minnesota. I mean, did you just jump into the lineup or did you have to scratch and claw and bite a few guys to get in there? You know, I was fortunate. Um, so we had, you know, uh, you know, whatever, our camp, training camp or whatever we did in college um, or inner squad scrimmages and, and whatnot. And, and I, I never really thought about it or anything. I just, you know, I felt like I fit in. Um, I was, you know, physical. Like, and and I think that's what kind of stood out for me. That was kind of my calling card a little bit. Um, took a lot of hacks and, and wax from, you know, obviously Benny Hankinson and, um, you know, big Jake in the back. So I, I, I never really thought about it. And then I'll, uh, it was our first weekend of games and but Bill Butters came up and said you're gonna play Friday night and Mike Muller's playing uh on 
uh, Saturday. And I said, yeah, I don't, okay. Is that how it works? You know, I never, I never really put a lot of thought into it. And so we played Friday and I played well. And the next, and we, I don't know if we, I think we tied or something like that, but I played well. And then um, the next morning, I go to the rink and Butt says, you're playing tonight too. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then kind of went from there. And then there was one game like later, like a month later. And Mike, Mike was a good player. Like Mike, Mike Muller was a big guy. He could skate. He was a second round pick by I think Winnipeg at the time. Like he was, he looked the part. I mean, he had a hundred mile plus slap shot, everything. And, you know, and Doug Wu did tell me, he said, Hey, we got big plans for this guy. So, you know, it's going to be hard for you to play every night. And it's like, yeah, okay. But it kind of went in one ear out the other. I didn't really, you know, put much thought into it. So we were playing Northern Michigan, who at the time was, that was a big rival of ours. Yeah. And we played them at home Friday night and I ended up scoring and we win the game. It was big. And Wooger, <laughs> he tells me after the game, he says, Hey, you're not playing tomorrow. And he goes, but there's a JV game, you know, just, be by your phone. I'm not sure what we're going to do yet. And I, all I heard was you're not playing. So I went out and joined some of the other boys who weren't playing. And, and every other college student at Station 19 and a couple other places. Yeah. Just, you know, and then uh, I don't know. I never heard the phone ring. He said he called me, but uh, he I show up for the game, not to play, just, you know, and we're graphing. He's like, where were you? And I said, what do you mean? And he's like, well, I wanted you to play in that JV game. And I said, wow, I didn't, I didn't even know about it. And he's like, yeah, right. And, you know, <laughs> it wasn't a big deal, but it was kind of funny. So yeah, after that though, it was, um, I was fortunate. I was able to, to kind of stick in the lineup. You, uh, you know, I look at your career, you, you just, progressively got better and better from a point total. Uh, you also logged a lot of penalty minutes. Um, at that point in time, I mean, you didn't think that you were going to play college sports. Um, at one point, when did you start thinking that you possibly could play after college? You know, I, to be honest, it was uh, Bill Butters would always um, – I really, you know – give him a lot of credit, not just for myself and, but for a lot of guys, like he was, he was able to take the D and kind of make a little family inside a bigger family, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Like he can, you know, and he would always tell, like, I know for, for sure myself, but all the D, you know, and they always say, Hey, if you want to play at the next level, you know, you got to start doing this more, or you got to do this, or you got to be consistent in that. And I, Dougie Zamolek was a year older than me, and him and I were D partners. And Doug was a first-round draft pick. So, you know, for sure he's thinking, hey, I'm going to the, you know, he, he's getting ready to go to the pros, you know, at some point. And, and and Doug was great, great teammate, great guy, fun on and off the ice. But when it came on the ice, I mean, he, he really worked at it. And so it helped me, and it was a lot of, like, butts would take 
Doug, myself, and some other guys, and, you know, we'd go watch different things. And back then it wasn't like watching video because we didn't have it the way they do now. But it was just, he he would just kind of like, hey, tell us stories and all this. And and obviously Butts, when he played, was basically a criminal. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so that, that was the big part for me. And then I had a good freshman year. Never thought about pro, other than I was drafted um, out of high school, like most of the guys, by New Jersey. But I had never heard from New Jersey. I didn't, you know, no one had ever called me or told me or anything like that. I've never heard from New Jersey. And then my sophomore year, a guy named Marshall Johnston had called me and asked if, you know, hey, you want to go to Vecchio's, a little Italian place well-known in, in Dinky Town there. And I had met with him, and he just said, hey, how you doing, or, you know, this, that. And he had a big package with him, uh, you know, in this big cardboard box. And so we eat, and he just, you know, and I, I'm still kind of figuring out, okay, what what do you do? Are you the coach? Are you the GM? Or what yeah, do you do for right. New Jersey? Well, and he says, all right, here you go. Hey, I got this, especially for you. And he goes, the, the instructions are inside. So I go back to my uh, my place and I open the thing up. And it's a slide board. I rolled up one of those things. Remember, you like uh, to help with your skating. <laughs> And he wrote, no, he had a note on there. Hey, keep working on your skating. <laughs> I was just like, I didn't know if I was insulted or, or like, what the hell is this thing? I mean, it was so cheap. You put little booties on and you, this thing rolled out and you had to just kind of slide across. I tried it for a half a second. And I don't, I, I don't know what I did with it, but I did not, I should have used it more probably, but. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I wonder if Jack Blatherwick was uh, insulted by that. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, so yeah, then that was uh, that part. And then uh, my sophomore year wasn't great. A lot of penalty minutes, uh, you know, and then my junior year was really good. And I had a good junior year. And then uh, actually New Jersey had called. And that's when – so that's what's different between – you know, when you get agents or advisors or something like now we're all over, you know, 14, 15 year olds, you know, um, in our world, yeah. which is just crazy. Back then, uh, I had one agent call me. I didn't know who he was. Didn't really, you know, I didn't, no one else was really talking about agents or anything, you know, in the locker room or anything. I know some guys had some, I guess. Um, and then I got a phone call. I lived with five other guys at the University of Minnesota. It was, uh, I don't know, probably like October sometime uh, or late September. And, you know, we have one house phone. <laughs> and it rang. And I I happened to pick it up. And it's a guy you know. And guy introduced himself. He says, hey, I'm looking for Chris McAlpine. I said, yeah, that's, that's me. And he said, hey, my name's Jeff Solomon. I'm an agent. And I had heard his name, I think, because I think I knew he he had Zamolik. And he said, okay, you know, and he said, hey, I can either fly in and meet with you today or I can just fly home because he was somewhere in Canada. And I said, well, when would you get in? He said, ah, probably around like 4 o'clock. And I said, well, we're having a party 
So I don't know if you think you could get in and, you know, what time would we be done? He's like, oh, I'll have you out of there by uh, 6.30 or something like that. And and Jeff came in and I met him over at Vecchio's and we just talked for like a couple hours and, and, and he was great. He, he just told me exactly, you know, what he did, how he did things. You know, he said, you're drafted by New Jersey. It's really going to be a tough negotiation at some point. Lou Lamarillo is really tough to deal with, all this stuff. He, he was naming names. I didn't know who they were. Right. And I was just like, okay, well, I've never really, you know, I've had one interaction. The guy basically said, I can't skate. And so fast forward, he's like, uh, and we're, we're drinking, I think we drank like three pitchers of beer. <laughs> and... And, you know, every, I just liked him. I had a good, I felt like, you know, I felt comfortable with him. I felt like what he was saying to me was, was true, you know, and, and so I, there was just a comfort level. And then he was smart and he just said, so what do you think? And after the third picture, I think I said, yeah, you're my guy. You're my guy. <laughs> you're my guy. <laughs> and I, I said, hey, we're having a party. You want to come over? And he was like, yeah, no, I'm going to try to catch a, a flight out of here. <laughs> wow. So that, and then, you know, I never talked to him uh, again for until, I don't know, late my senior year, you know, because uh, I ended up staying and talked to him, you know, maybe a couple of times, whatever, but about nothing. And then uh, he told me straight out. Uh, so I fast forward, my senior year, I had a, a good year. Yeah, your totals and, were 36 games, 12 goals, 18 assists, 30 points, 121 penalty minutes. You know, solid yeah. numbers. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it was a good year. We had a good team. We made it to the final four, which was big for, you know, us. Um, were you a captain? I was a captain. Jeff Nielsen and myself were captains that year. But the funny thing about that year, this is the greatest. So we started that year off. I think 06 and two. Oh, wow. And I think it was one of the worst starts in gopher hockey, if not the worst in gopher hockey history. And Jeff Nielsen and I went to a little pub on a Sunday night, uh, foul play, which you're familiar oh, with yeah. probably or heard of it. Anyway, we sat up there Sunday night, just, we said, Boy, we're going to be known as the captains of the worst gopher hockey team in history. <laughs> <laughs> and then we proceeded to go on like an 18 game heater. Like, uh, you know, I think we won like 16 of our next 18 or something like that. Or we were unbeaten in the next 18. So it, it, it ended well. But here's where it, it gets here's where Jeff Solomon, who I chose as an agent, where it really kind of helped me in what I'm doing now, everything he told me uh, how it was going to go went exactly like that. So he told me, he said, New Jersey is notoriously, you know, cheap. Like they say that about everybody. Right. Yeah. And he said, you're, he said, when your season's over, you're going to watch all your buddies sign. And he goes, and it's just, but we're, you know, and it's, it's going to be hard. You're going to watch your buddies sign. They're all going to sign. And he just said, but you're better than your buddies. You know, that was what he would say to me, you know, pumping smoke up my ass. But I was like, okay. He goes, you just got it. Just be patient. Be patient. Well, 
it dragged on. New Jersey had offered, and I, you know, I think I don't know whatever it was, and I was like, you know, for a guy who has no money, I'm like, yeah, this is great. What do you think? And he goes, no chance. And he says, well, what do you do? And he goes, I told him no. I said, oh, okay. And then, you know, uh, a month goes by. Almost all my uh, teammates are signing. I've already signed or, you know, know where they're going. Right. And he calls me. He says, okay, they made They upped it a little bit. I said, okay, we take it? And he says, no. And now I'm getting nervous. And <laughs> Bill Butters calls me and says, hey, I don't know if you got the right guy, you know. And I said, well, why do you say that? And he goes, well, Lou Amarillo called me and said, you're getting bad advice and all that. And I was like, really? And I was like, and then I had, um, they had started that um, independent team, uh, the Moose, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was Frank Saratori was the coach. Minnesota Moose. And yeah, the Minnesota Moose. They were an American League team. I, I forget what uh, – were they in the IHL, maybe? I think they were the IHL, yeah. Yeah. So, fast forward, here's when I got nervous a little bit. He started calling me and because now we're in July. And he's saying, hey, you know, you don't want to sign New Jersey. That's a bad spot. Come play for us. You'll, you know, this will be great. And then you can be a free agent or whatever. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, no, I don't want to play for the Moose, you know. And, and he was real nice about it. Well, fast forward. I don't know. And I'm starting to kind of, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing and, you know, at all. And it's a week before training camp starts. And I'm not signed. Oh. And yeah, so I'm like, and for going through this for the first time, I was like, I don't know. Now I'm starting to kind of second guess Jeff a little bit. And I happened to be uh, sleeping over at my girlfriend's, who's now wife, uh, at the time at her place. And her phone rings at like 10 in the morning. And one of her roommates comes in and says, hey, Chris, there's someone on the phone for you. And I don't know. I must have given Jeff given Jeff Solomon, uh, my girlfriend's number, because he called and it's him on the line. And he says, hey, and this is, it's two days before training camp starts. And he says, okay, you ready? And he tells me the deal. And I said, okay, are we taking this one? He goes, you're damn right we're taking this one. And I said, what do I have to do? <laughs> he goes, get packed. You got a flight in four hours. Oh, man. Yeah. And so I... Which was, I look back on it, it was hectic, but it was it was good. You didn't have a lot of time to reflect on it. And and so I was like, okay, great. Packed my stuff and went to the airport, basically, and flew to New Jersey, which was a whole culture shock, being from the Midwest and never really being out of the Midwest. Um, and then all of a sudden looking around and going, wow, look at the men here. Oh, yeah. You know, and But what really helped me was Benny Hankinson, had been in the organization and played with the Devils, you know, so he was there. Who you played uh, with at the University of Minnesota. Yeah, who I played with at the University of Minnesota. He was their captain when I was a freshman, and he was just awesome. He was awesome to me and everybody. He was probably one of the best captains I've ever had, you know, by far. Yeah. Um, and so he helped me a lot. And then there was really good guys like Billy Guerin was great, who's the GM of the Wild now. 
And because they had all gone through this too. They'd all been the, you know, college guys, you know, so there was a lot of college guys, but even the, all the guys from major junior, it was just a great group of guys. So it, it really allowed me to just kind of ease into it. And plus Corey Millen was there, another Minnesota guy and uh, played at the university of Minnesota, obviously Tom Chorsky was there, but, uh, and then the other great guy was Mike Peluso, you know, who, uh, from Grand Rapids there, or Penn Gilly, and he had played at Alaska, but he had fought his way all the way up oh, yeah. in the tough NHL. And just tough as nails, yeah. And just, but he was just awesome. And he was that guy. He, he looked and go, "Oh, you from Minnesota? All right." And he'd take you under his wing. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> yeah, and so that was just a. Uh, it was a blast. That year was was uh, a roller coaster, but it was it was fun. But I go back to just finish up on Jeff Solomon. I always go back, everything he said and the, how it was going to play out, played out exactly how he said it. You know, so it just made me think, okay, if, you know, in my business, if you're going to tell somebody something, you better, you know, be straight up honest and and, and never overpromise something that you can't deliver. Right. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. What's the, what's the first thing that you bought when you signed? The first thing I bought was I bought a, a Bronco. A Bronco. A used Bronco, a two-door Bronco. <laughs> and used, not brand new. It was used. It was used. He's smart well, guy. It, it, it was, it was mainly because uh, we had a Russian kid, Sergey Breland, who's a wonderful player. So – he was driving around, typical Russians, you know, he he bought some high high end. And I'm sure he got a lot more money than I did, but <laughs> he, he bought this decked out BMW. And I remember just listening to all the guys give him shit. You know, we had Ken Danigo, uh, you know, all, Scott the, all the players, Scott Stevens and, all, and Scott Stevens drove an old beat up pickup truck, a baby blue pickup truck. So I was just like, you know, that was funny. I, I was pretty keen on just taking notice, keeping your mouth shut and just kind of noticing what guys are, uh, you know, of course the French guys, Claude Lemieux was driving something a little nicer too. Yeah. Probably you shouldn't have been, but um, you know, so that's when I was like, okay, use Bronco. But that was part of too, talking to, uh, well, here, here's the grace. Here's the best thing Benny Hankinson did for me. So in college, remember, like, uh, we never had to wear suits. Every now and then you'd wear a tie or something right. under your you know letter coat or whatever it was, right? I never owned a suit. And when, when I agreed to my deal and flew out to New Jersey, right? So we're in training camp and... They, they put up, we have two days, and then all of a sudden we're playing in Philadelphia an exhibition game. And I'm on the list. And Benny Hankinson says to me, he goes, hey, do you have a suit? <laughs> and I, I didn't have one. And I go, no. And he goes, and, you know, I got made fun of a little bit on that. But then he goes, all right, well, we got to get you a suit because, you know, we're playing tomorrow or whatever. I get to see him. So, Come on, Mac. Oh, yeah, totally. It was like, are you kidding me? You don't own a suit? I'm like, no. I've never, never had a need for one. 
And so we go to, uh, he takes me to men's warehouse. <laughs> I got the worst suit, mainly because it didn't fit, <laughs> but it was just in a hurry. And Larry Robinson, God bless him, he was our D coach, legendary Larry Robinson, like one, I don't know, 200 cups and all this, and just the, the best mentor ever. Anyway, we go to Philadelphia and we play uh, the Flyers and it goes well. And after the game, this is an exhibition game. And he and my mom was able to fly in because her friend worked for Northwest Airlines at the time. And so they were able to fly in, go to the game. And there was like, I don't know, 15 fights, you know, during the whole thing. And, and so after the game, uh, Larry's like, you know, so you got somebody here? I go, yeah, my mom's here and everything. He goes, okay, okay. You sure you want to go out in that suit? (laughs) 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 And he was fixing my tie and everything. So it was, uh, it was good. So say the least, they they take care of you. Those guys were great. And I, I felt really fortunate to have, you know, Benny Hankinson, all those guys, Larry. I mean, it was just, it was a good group of guys. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, I mean, this this is this flown by. I mean, we're at one hour right now, and we're not even in your starting your NHL career. So I think uh, if you would be willing to come back on and do a part two of this where we can really dive into your uh, NHL career, because I'm looking at your stats. I mean, you got a 10-year career, and you got a lot of, a lot of stickers of different teams and states and leagues. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. So I don't think that we can get through that in another. I mean, we we need to we need a, that its own episode. But did you win a cup your first year? Yes, yes. Okay. So per, I don't even no. want to hear. Just let's save no. that for the next one. Uh, perfect, perfect segue. But um, thank you. I, uh, maybe next time we should, uh, crack a bottle of wine and then we'll really get into it. We'll, you know, peel All back in, the layers yes. of the onion. <laughs> There's a lot of layers. Yes. Yes, for sure. Well, just out of the gates to wrap this one up, uh, first, like, thank you. Um, you, you know, there's, the one thing I wanted to talk about, and we'll talk about uh, it next time, but there's a couple similarities. And I say this because of the story that I just heard from you that, you know, you really didn't, you didn't get any, any help along the way except support from your mom. And, you know, you were putting in all the effort. But um, there's a couple things. One, if you ever read the book Outliers, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. I, I believe it's Outliers, either that or the Talent Code, one of the two. But they talk about, uh, one of the authors talks about a study that was done uh, of hockey players up in a junior team or something where, and now it's, there's uh, research that backs it up that, you know, you look at an NHL roster, uh, Division One schools, the majority of the players are born in the first three to four months of the year. And you and I were not. You were December. <laughs> I was November, um, which I thought was pretty, pretty cool. And then uh, both of us were late to commit to the University of Minnesota. I didn't commit. I was I, uh, myself and Peter Hankinson, uh, Benny's older brother. 
yeah. were the last ones to commit there. And the third thing that we had in common is that we were the ones, the, the last ones to commit, but we all were captains at the end of it, our senior year. So, you know, right. just believe in yourself. Self-belief is such a big thing, isn't it? Yes, 100%. So, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we didn't even, we haven't talked about any adversity that's come into it, but, uh, uh, thanks for sharing that's your story so far. I really look forward to, uh, hearing the pro journey because, uh, I know you spent some more time with Ben Hankinson and I'm sure there's some, uh, <laughs> there's some pretty funny stories, uh, along that line because that, uh, oh, you yeah. know, we always used to work out together. So thanks, man. Uh, and then we're going to get into what you're doing today, which is being a, uh, a family advisor to hockey players and also, uh, a player agent. So, uh, thank you. I'll get back to you. Uh, hopefully we can, uh, reconnect and get this done right away so we can go back to back, but, uh, Congratulations so far on a great career and and just mentoring uh, people that are on that same journey trying to accomplish what you were so lucky to get. No, my pleasure, Peter. This was great, and I look forward to it. Well, that concludes another episode of the Hockey Journey podcast. I can't thank you enough for stopping by and listening. I hope you enjoyed hearing part one of Chris McAlpine's Hockey Journey and what a journey it's been. Stay tuned for part two coming very soon. One last thing, if you think there's someone in your circle of family and friends that might like this episode as well, please share it with just one person. It will really help me in growing this hockey community. Again, I appreciate you being here. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, or submit a review. I hope to see you back here soon and do me a favor, make someone close to you smile today. All the best, my friends.